And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at Energy with heather.com look tens of thousands of real people including myself has used p3om to manage constipation bloating gas acid reflux abdominal pain and much more look as you'll learn when you go to energy with heather.com p3om uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut so your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another version of Like a Boss, where I get to interview experts and influencers and badasses like you, which I am super excited about today. Woo! So this is going to be a fun-filled call because I can already feel it. In the green room, we are talking about some really cool stuff of masculine and feminine energy. And nowadays, that is a hot topic. And I mean hot in all kinds of ways, like sexy hot, and also like people freak out hot, right? So this is going to be a fun interview. So male, woman, whoever you are, turn it up, crank it up, because it's going to be fun. We may or may not cuss, so the kids in the car, maybe not the best thing. I don't know. I know I will. She might not. But I want to first interview, I want to first tell you who my expert is. So we're going to have these deep, cool conversations. Her name is Melissa Ruaz, which I love that name, by the way. By the way, I want to just go ahead and bring her on really quick. Hey, Melissa. It's going to be a fun little call, I can tell. Oh, yes, it is. I can tell by your energy, girl. All right, I'm going to tell you who she is. So Melissa Ruaz is a registered yoga teacher, mindset expert, and online solopreneur business coach. After working as a TV producer, sweet, for 13 years, she left everything behind to pursue her passion and purpose. Melissa quit her six-figure job, got a divorce, and now helps other women move past their own fears so they can build their life in spiritual businesses they desire, which is going to be all about desire. And you can find Melissa at I am MelissaRuez.com. And I'm from Texas, so I say it like with a Spanish accent. Are you, thank you, R-U-I-Z.com. All right, girl. So you're cool. I love this. I love this conversation. So we're going to tap into the masculine and feminine energy. So before we get started, if you just share the audience a little bit, I just see the bio, but share with, share with the audience like exactly what that looks like from moving from a six-figure business and TV world um, and all other things, personal divorce and whatnot, to what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I just wanted to share that before we start. But my life has changed dramatically and drastically because it was about three and a half years ago that I 
was kind of at the top of my business in terms of being a TV producer, making director, selling shows, um, three or four shows, shows a year, and bought a house, got married, and very quickly found myself not happy. So that was really the start of me going down this rabbit hole of like, well, then what does, right? And I think a lot of people have this. This is a very relatable story that we hear over and over and over. I got all of this stuff, and then it still didn't make me happy. So instead of staying there, I just dramatically got a divorce, sold my house, quit my job, went traveling, ended up in India, went to Morocco, stood there for about a month, got my yoga teacher training, came back and just started building almost a new life. And it's so possible, right? Like, I think it's so crazy that we pick the thing that we're supposed to do forever. And I feel like I love to just allow people that permission of continuous change and growth of, you know what, if you ever find yourself in a place where you've outgrown it or you're not happy for whatever reason, leave. Boss move. <laughs> yeah, I, de I definitely am with you on this one. I think that one of the worst things as a society we ask 17-year-olds is what do you want to do the rest of your life? <laughs> Like, seriously, what the hell is that? <laughs> You're 17. What? You know, like you haven't even drank yet. You haven't drank alcohol yet, but you have, but you're not allowed to yet. You know, I mean, come on. This is the worst conversation ever. And I think whenever I think about back then, you know, about when I was 17, I'll never forget. I'm literally in this counselor's office. Like, what do you want to do the rest of your life? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. And then like the fact that I'm saying, I don't know, is the yeah. wrong answer. Right. And I think now where I'm at, cause I'm going through a massive transition myself. And I feel like I'm in a similar situation. You were years ago. You're a little ahead of me is that I'm kind of like, it's okay to say, I don't yeah. fucking know. And that's cool. Like, I don't know. I'm just like in the moment right now. And I'm only about two or three feet ahead of me, maybe a mile, but I'm sure as heck not 10 miles. And like, that's okay. Like, I think it, it's actually okay that I don't know what's going to like happen tomorrow. And I'm not sure what the next decision is. And I don't have to make that decision right now. Like back off people. You know, I think that that is a huge power that you've already gotten there, but I just want to say, girl, I get it. Cause I, that is like, do not ask me what's going to happen in 20 years. Psh, I don't know what's going to happen next right. week. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't ask me that. I got some plans. I got my little calendar up and I got some plans. But like two months ago, I had like plans. I was going and then I scratched them all out. Now I have Bali. Like I'm going to Bali. I don't know how it's going to happen okay, yet, but I'm going to Bali. When are you going to Bali? Because I'm going to be there too. <laughs> I'm going, well, nice. I'm going in May yeah. uh, for a week. Um, well, the retreats a week and I'm, I'm thinking, God, I should probably stay a little longer because it's, it's a hell to get there. You know, it's like 20 hours on a plane or something crazy. So yeah, like I will definitely be there. there. I'm actually backpacking, um, through Bali for about two or three months. So what? yeah. And this is actually why I, um, have built my business centered around my life. I think the biggest thing that I learned and probably one of the biggest takeaways for not only me, you, but for all the listeners is not only did I just quit and do whatever I wanted, but that I was never going to put myself back in that box. Right. So like now I have this just amazing opportunity to create this other life, like the version that feels good for me now that I'm not 18, 17, and I don't know what the hell to do. Right. And I was actually just telling my friend this the other day, I was like, do you know how I picked my career? I too was sitting in the guidance counselor and she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, show me where, like, give me the salary. 
And like, that's actually how I chose what I wanted to do. I was like, which one's like the higher one, right? And I was like, oh, TV producer. I think I could do that, right? Like, how hard can that be? And I'm not knocking it because listen, it's gifted me so many relationships, so many things. Like I truly do have a love for film and all the people that I've met, but it wasn't what I wanted to do because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, it's the worst conversation. I was, I picked up knowing me even for 20 minutes or whatever, you know, you, you know, this is going to be laughable. My first, first time I first in college, I picked my major. Oh my God. Accounting. What? (laughs) What? Like I can't stick, but, but I said, how much do they make? Yeah. That's good. Right. And I wrote, thank God I didn't say with that. Then I went to medical and then I followed some doctors around and the, literally the doctors walked up to me like, I don't know why you would ever want to be a doctor. It sucks. And I'm like, okay, let's scratch next. that. <laughs> like what's next. Then it was just get out of college. I'm like general degree, you know, and I'm internet marketing. I've been internet marketing for a long time, but at the same time, that construct of career, pick something when you're 20, when you're so emotionally screwed up just because we are, and you've got to pick a career that you're going to be happy with when you're 40 and 50. That's insane. That really is insane. And there are people out there in life that like, they always knew what they wanted and like, it's a thing and that's cool. But honestly, I don't think that's everyone. That's not majority. I think it, we come through our lives that changes. I never thought in a million years I was going to go to Bali. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Bali, Egypt this year. That's happening, you know, and it'll happen. I know it'll happen. I already have it on my calendar, like as if, and it's happening at people who are like, okay, you're going to be here and all that. But you know, it, and I'm meeting you why there. not? And I, <laughs> yeah. And you're meeting me there. So now I have someone else, right? Yeah. So that's three people there. So I think it really is what is it about the construct? You said something interesting I want you to talk about. You left the yeah. box. Could you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a lot of the box with a lot of checks on the side. Um, and it definitely looked like career, six-figure job, get married, buy a house, and fit into this culture of work, right? So I was never the type of person that wanted to hang out with my coworkers. Sorry, no shade for anybody that like I used to work with, but like I was the type of person that I wanted to get in and get out. And that's actually looked like frowned upon. Like you, you, your boss wants to hang out with you. Your coworkers want to hang out with you. And it's just like, I don't want to be in that. I want to now be in the thing that feels flowy, feels soft, right? So when we talk about masculine and feminine energy, that's what the feminine energy is. It's this very intentional, but flowy process that nobody teaches you, right? Because everybody teaches you the masculine energy. Go, 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 right? Like be better than that one. It's a doggy dog world. Like get that job, get that husband. Like it's very check-based oriented and we don't know how to relax, which is also a lot of the things that I teach, right? Like in yoga and meditation, how the hell do you relax? What do you even do to relax? And if you're just saying like, I take a break and I get a massage, like that's not enough, right? Like it's the internal process and it's that conversation and dialogue that we're having with our own mind constantly day in and day out, day out that is going to allow you to relax, settle in, go into more of that flowy energy and what we like to call the mass, the, the very feminine energy, which we all have, by the way. I think a lot of people get scared when we start talking about masculine and feminine energy because they really are not educated enough to know that we all have these two energies. 
each and every person. It's not just feminine energy belongs to women and that means that we're soft and that means that we're weak. It doesn't mean that. Actually, feminine energy has more strength than masculine energy. When you think about masculine energy, you think about fire or what we like to call in yoga tapas, right? That's like that go, go. You need to be fierce. You need to be direct. You need to be closing sales, right? Like the masculine energy gets shit done, right? So we need that. But how do you feel afterwards? Tired, depleted, you need rest, right? So that's what the balance is. And and in Chinese medicine, we always talk about that, that chi, the balance, the yin and the yang, like we all need that the whole entire planet works on those energies. And so do we. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for myself, I do a lot of goddess work um, in my annotations, um, in my, in my personal view. And the one that keeps popping up in my life recently, and I find it really fascinating. I'm doing like some more research on it. I'm curious, maybe you have, I I don't know, but the goddess um, or Mm -hmm. of Lilith. And something really fascinating about her specifically, and just to give people that context a little bit. And again, I don't know everything; I'm just still learning. But she was the original wife of Adam yeah. and the Adam and Eve, and she was kicked out, let's say, of his life because she saw them as equal and wanted to have sexual intercourse equally. And he wanted to mount her, as they say. And she pushed back and said, we're equal and I want to be able to make love and sexuality equal. And so he kicked her out of like right. his world, a gardener like that. And <clears throat> I find it fascinating that that particular goddess is coming into my life. And I think in the universe right now, because it yeah. feels like that right now for me, it feels like the masculine's yeah. pissed my experience feels like the masculines because we're starting to say, yeah. Hey, we're equal yeah. and they're pissed and they're doing all kinds of things to kick us out. They're doing all kinds of things. I mean, right now we, you know, as we speak, there is this person called Weinstein who's going through a, a case in New York where you're I'm at very well. And I'm very well. And, um, yeah, they're pissed. The men, the society of mask, I would call it masculine, not all men, of course, are generalizing, but I think that the masculine energy is pissed because the feminine energy, the Lilith is saying we are equal and they, they feel like, well, you just go off and go be equal, (laughs) right? Versus like, no, like this is what means to play together what does that look like and they just want to go off and so i'm just curious what you say you oh my god i have first of all lots of thoughts when it comes to um the weinstein stuff that came up um because that's a lot of the stories that we hear in tv and i think you know yeah, and I don't know the truth, right? I, we don't yeah, know what I yeah, read. Yeah, and, and I can only tell you my experience as a TV producer. Um, and that world, what, what was fascinating to me is, is that as we grow in our spiritual sense and in our spiritual development, as we get to know ourselves better, which I want to backtrack and, and tell you a little bit about, nobody knows themselves, right? So like to make somebody who's 16, 17, 18 pick a career is crazy. But beyond that, in our 20s, in our 30s, and in our lifespan, most people don't know themselves. So it's so hard for them to have relationships. It's so hard for them to get jobs. It's so hard for so many people to really truly feel happy because if you're not doing that self-discovery, 
you're always going to feel like something is missing. And so what happened was, is that I was, a, as I was a TV producer, I was spiritually growing. Like I was going to work and then sneaking off, going to do my yoga class and going to retreats and doing all this stuff. And I realized that there was a defining moment that I finally saw things for what they were. And a lot of it has to do with that. A lot of it has to do with that very heavy masculine energy of people, a set of group of people doing what they've been doing for hundreds and thousands of years. And I no longer wanted to be a part of that. And I think the more we have conversations like that, the more powerful we can all become and the more conscious we can, we become, right? The more the collective actually grows, but that kept happening over and over and over. So what are my thoughts on it? I think that we continuously need to grow, continuously need to say yes and speak up, continuously raise your hand and to not be scared, to not um, sit back, to not be put back in that box. I can tell you one thing. I cried for three months straight when I, you know, left my career because that meant who was I? If I'm not TV, Yogi or Melissa, like, what does that mean? Does it mean that I failed? What will my coworkers say? All those fears, all that stuff just comes up so freaking hard and so fast. And you better prepare because it's not yeah. easy. It's not That's easy, it. especially when you're not in mm -hmm. touch with that inner self, that inner goddess that we all have. It's very difficult. So I feel like, you know, to answer your question is to just make bold moves and to know that we're all spiritually aligned and guided and wherever we land is the correct place for us to be. And there's things along the way that we need to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely concur with that. I think one of the things that's, that's going back to the masculine feminine inside the current construct, and you've seen behind the scenes as a producer. So I'm curious, there is a, um, there's a, a conversation that the masculine is this bad yeah. or something. Yep. And that's, and feminine's good. And so there's been, you know, I don't really participate. I truly, really not get a, I, I don't, I choose not to participate in what I call yeah. fights yeah. online or something. And, but I do read and cause I'm curious what the both sides in. And recently there was a person, a male, and he was extremely basically saying that it's the feminine side is, is the problem. And that we as feminine should not to stop attacking the masculine. And I can understand that perspective. Um, but that's the challenge. It's almost like, um, in a weird way, you know, the males ISIS and, you know, feminine United States or something like there's a war that I don't think that there should be a war, you know, and from the Yogi perspective, I'm a huge Yogi person myself. It's about the collaboration of both energies inside of all people, right? So I have masculine, feminine, you do. Men have masculine, feminine as well. And so I was curious if you want to talk about that coming from the producer yeah. world, if you like, or just from the yogi's perspective of what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go dive all the way deep and we're going to cover all of this stuff. And we're going to first start with the chakras, right? So if anybody knows anything right. about the chakras, we have seven chakras and each chakra is associated to different energies that we have, right? So there's an energy in a chakra called the solar plex chakra, and it lives right on top of the belly button. And this chakra is involved with our own personal power, also intuition. And I bring this up because when it comes to personal power, people can abuse that, whether it's feminine or masculine, right? So masculine is not deemed bad and feminine is not deemed good and it's not deemed soft. 
right? And vice versa. These are just energies and entities that we all have. And some of us tap into it more than others. So a woman, especially in TV, is very masculine. She uses that masculine energy because she's around a lot of men who tend to have that masculine energy as well and feels like she may need to prove herself, right? So she may not tap into some feminine energy and vice versa. I know a lot of men who are super feminine and don't really have that masculine energy. And sometimes I'm like, girl backbone, you know, like girl pair. So I feel like I just wanted to clarify that it's no, it's not this like, masculine is for men and feminine energy is for women, but more so let's think about just energy in general and that it belongs to both of us. And how are we tapping into our solar plex chakra and how are we using that? Are we overusing our power? Let's just say not to get into, um, politics, but like, let's just say like a president, right? Not this president or any president. Like, are they overusing their power or as a person are you underusing your power when you're not speaking up ever right so just think about it like that versus like i'm a man i got muscles and testosterone and i'm like this masculine energy but more as to like how are you receiving this person how are you really indulging in whether they're coming in soft and flowy and with intention because i believe that it's not that feminine energy is the problem. I think that this is a new paradigm where we need to really get involved in more of the feminine energy because that is what causes us to really speak directly, really speak with intention, get things resolved without almost hurting each other. Just think about it. When somebody tells you, hey, so-and-so, do X, Y, and Z, and they're saying it in a loud tone, you're now all of a sudden hurt, you're butt-fucked, you're like, oh, why is this person like telling me what to do, right? Because they're using that personal power of masculine energy versus somebody who's very intentional and says, hey, so-and-so, can you do this and explain it in a different manner? So we need both. There's no wrong or right way. We absolutely need both because you know what if you're in an abusive relationship and you need to get out you need to tap into that tapas you need to tap into that masculine energy that that's gonna be like to pack it up we've overstayed so both energies right. are super important yeah I, I i agree with you i think that i i come from a place of a lot of masculine energy myself um, mainly because of the industry i was in i wasn't in um and i still am in it but i i was very much in the guru space, you call it speaking industry, very male dominated. And so it was kind of this constant proving oneself. And it was constantly this concept of don't be a woman. That was like the underlying energy. And so it's only in the last five years that I've like really allowed myself to say, no, this is like, I am a woman, you know, and I've even had in the last, uh, in, you know, 12 months, not like 1950 here, like literally in the last 12 months, I've had, uh, males, uh, come up to me and say, you know, um, the reason why you're not invited to our parties or because I haven't been in these particular ground for a while is because you help women. And I said, well, okay, well, then what's the problem? He's like, well, there's no value in helping women on the planet. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you're like, holy crap, did he just say that? You know what I mean? And I just, I like just to send him love and light and like, I wish you all the best, but you know, I, 
you're not getting that. Like you're not getting what's happening. You're thinking that there's a, a fight. And I had another situation recently where I was in a seminar room of first, I was a student. I was a seminar. I was a student and I stood on the mic and I said something like I stand for, um, my mission in life is to help 10,000 women, women become financially free. And I said, whatever I said about like my vision, I sat down and a, a particular man in the student in the room got up on the mic and started like blasting me in front of the room and said, you're, you're a man hater and you hate men and you're war after. And I was just like, holy shit, you know, and, and he got like coaching and around it in front of me with that. But I really got it. He wasn't responding to me. He was responding to this, this fear. Cause I had a chance to what I call confront him in front of the room. And I said, you feel, I go, tell me if I'm wrong. You feel that the stronger the woman, the more we're fighting you. Like you actually fear, you actually feel we're in a war. He goes, yeah, we're in a war. And I was like, whoa, like really interesting. Right. I was like, I got it. Like, I really get you think we're at war and I don't see it that way. I'm looking at it as women or feminine or whatever is like, Hey, we want to play. Like it's time we voice. It's just time that we just have a say in the matter. It's the time that we all are smart and collaborative male, woman, female, doesn't matter that the energies of it, we are strong too. And we can collaborate and we can contribute. So I look, I'm from the South. So, and you live in New York. And there's a big difference, culturally speaking, from just male, female. And yeah, I live in Austin. It's very progressive. But I'm going to let you speak here a second. Is that uh, honestly, it's still an underlying, you know, there's still an underlying to, I've been told in the last 12 months, you're a woman, be quiet. (laughs) You know, I don't think they can even say that in New York without being killed, but it still happens. It really absolutely still happens. And you know, this is an old paradigm shift. Like this thinking yeah. is very old. It's like when our parents like still try to like tell us what to do because that's what their parents did. It's like we, these, this is what we call ancestral wounds. And this happens in the collective, right? Where this population has been used to being on top, right? And like this has been the cause of lots of wars, not to get into it, but it just keeps shifting from one group to another to another until somebody like yourself, until more women, until people stand up and they're like, okay, I'm here, I'm making it known. I am leaving this potential corporate job inside of this box and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like what's up? Like why not? Right? Like your mission. So beautiful, right? Like that impacts not only you, but all these women and the planet in general and more and more women can continuously do that. Right. And, and like create financial freedom for themselves. Like that's so freaking beautiful, but it still happens even till today. And when I was a TV producer, I've worked with, Many men, well name names, many men, right, that had that same thinking. Very smart, very educated Ivy League people who they didn't want a woman on top. You know what I mean? Like, and it's sad to say, but it's very true. Like that is the unspoken, unspoken. And a lot of people think that this hasn't happened or it's only in Texas or it's all, no, it happens everywhere. People just don't speak on it because that, that is the culture. It's a culture fit. Like you have to fit into this work society where you're going to play with them on their rules. And I think for me, it came to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm good. Right? Like, 
Yeah. Like I've, yeah. I've done this for right. long yeah. enough. It got me this far. And if you're going to, you know, hire a man to do my job because that's what makes you feel good, like good on you, but we just got to go. Right. And that's not what happened, but that's time and time again, the same story that we see happening over and over and over where women still don't get paid the same amount as men and just all these things that we have oh. to consider. So, you know, it had the power for a really long time. All good. I think, you know, women are doing such a great job at showing up and doing the things that you're doing, doing the things that I'm doing. There's so many women who are just becoming the CEO of their own damn lives. Like, I'm so proud of this new shift and this new consciousness that we're all in and that we all have a part of. Like, how beautiful is that? That you get to tell your kids, like, you know what? I'm a fucking entrepreneur, you know, or your grandkids or your family members or people that you're proud of. And people may not get it. Because I got a lot of backlash. Like, what are you doing? Is that a real job? Or, you know, I don't know if you've gotten that, but definitely in the beginning, there was that wanting to fit into be the producer or be the accountant or be the thing. Why? Because it's safe. It's safe. Well, also there's a construct of they know it, but I want to tap into what things that you said, but the yeah. ancestral yeah. piece, um, you know, I, I went to happen to that and share my own personal story. Cause I think it's beautifully, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful example. And that is, uh, I, I grew up Southern, right. I grew up my Southern, my mom and all that. And, um, her mother was Southern and like that. And so it was a point in my life that I did some like ancestral work. And I saw that, that I could see seven generations back, which is a lot. Um, that right now, as of that, I know I'm the only female in seven generations that has ever been on her own by herself without marriage. Everyone else is like married for married to have yeah, an course. income. Does that make sense? There was no like business women or, you know, entrepreneurial women or women that they were all moms or something like that. And my mom and was, and my grandmother was, and like, that's just what you did. So me just breaking that is, is one thing in the time we're in, but it's also breaking a ancestral DNA Oh yeah. It's, you know? it's what we like to call, um, ancestral karma too, right? Like, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. When you break that ancestral karma and you're the first, you clear all of seven generations behind you and in front of you. Right. So I'll give you a perfect example. My parents are immigrants. My dad escaped Cuba in the late fifties and came here to this country, became, um, part of the military. My mom was from Ecuador. She came here when she was 15. She's the oldest of eight. They had a really tough life, but they became um, people who just worked really hard. And my oldest sister became the first person to graduate college. She ended up going to get a master's. Then I was the second. Then my sister was the third. So you see what I mean? Like it just takes one to break it back and forward right? Because you stepped into these shoes. Now all the people that come after you will also be able to step into those shoes. So it just takes that one person. I actually saw a beautiful statistic yeah, because um, I grew up very athletic. I've been doing cheerleading, gymnastics, cheer, like all the stuff since I was four years old. And um, I was really interested in the Olympics, right? And how it takes one person to beat the fastest person. And in that year, 10 other people will do the same thing. It just goes to show you that people need to see that it's possible. That's why your work is so important, right? Because people need to see like, wow, look at her. 
she did it. So that means if she could do it, then I can do it. Because what makes her different than me? Nothing. Yeah, it's, it is. I completely, I completely concur with that. It just takes one person to break the minute mile or, you know, like that it was a four, a four minute mile at the time. I agree with you. I, I remember I share this story and I'm curious if you had a story, but my, um, when I first became an entrepreneur and I was like, you know, made the statement and all this, it was 10 years ago. And I get this call from my uncle my mom's side and my uncle never calls me. So I feel like if my uncle's calling me, someone's. Yeah. I always get that. Don't call me. I feel like somebody died. Please talk to me. Right. I'm like, what, what's going on? Someone died. Who's in the hospital? What's up? Yeah. Cause he never, he still doesn't call me. Um, he goes, no, your mom told me to call you, you know, like, okay, now you're, someone's telling you to call me. What is she? Okay. Is grandmother. Okay. I'm like going down the list. Like, yeah, they're all fine. Um, and I said, what's, what's up? And he's like, well, she told me, she told me, your mother told me that you're, you're an entrepreneur. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, buying and selling houses at the time in Florida. And he's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, what do you, I mean, what's the 20 questions? What's the deal? And he's like, well, you're a woman. You can't do that. Now what you need to know about my uncle, um, he's actually, um, he's what they call the rich uncle, multimillionaire, real estate developer, never got a penny from him, but he actually is my uncle. He actually is a multimillion dollar real estate guy. Um, and I said, don't you do real estate investing? He's like, yeah, but that's different. I'm a man. (laughs) And I'm like, well, thanks. I gotta go. I mean, I don't want to tell you, you know? And he was like, no, stop doing that. I'm like, thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Make sure you send me a Christmas gift. You yeah, had thanks for believing in me. Years. Yeah, right. I know. I'm like, thanks, uncle. You're the only uncle I have. And yeah. thanks, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, to his understanding of him, yeah. that's what he was taught. You know, that's his cultural. He was born in the 50s, you know, and my mom was born in the 40s. And like, that's what they were taught. And my mom was freaking out, you know. So I get it. I understand it. The challenge now is, is women here in their twenties and thirties and forties and even fifties. I think I, I work with more of the women in their forties and fifties. It's like, how do you break that? Because there's a mindset you got to break. There's a body thing you got to break personally, as you know, but then you have all the culture, all the bullshit you have to break. What do you say to that? I think you have to look within. I think in a situation like that, like, as you know, when you become an entrepreneur or a business um, in general, you can't look to the right or to the left or not even to your own family. Like you really have to have a strong vision as to why you're doing this and stick to it. And I like to share my vision only because it's important for people to understand how you reverse engineer that in your life and how you can attract exactly what you want. My vision for my business is obviously financial freedom, to impact as many women as possible, to have interpersonal connections. So that means face-to-face. So everything that I do has to fall under that. I create retreats. I create uh, VIP days where I meet my clients. I um, am traveling for three months, right? Because all of that is so important to the vision. And that's all I stay true to. So when I do get messages and things like that, where the person doesn't believe in me, even if it's my own family, I've had family members tell me like, when are you going to get a real job? They don't even understand entrepreneurship for a woman, right? I always go back to that vision. I always close my eyes and go back to what is it that, what's the life that I'm trying to create here? Why is it that I left my six figure job? Why am I doing this stuff? You see, now I have an answer before I didn't. 
So if you would have asked me that before, I would have been like, uh, because I went to school or because somebody hired me, right? So now that's the shift, right? And that's the most important thing, the most valuable thing that anybody can really hold on to is that vision of what do you want your life to look like? Then reverse engineer all of that so that way you are creating and manifesting that every single day. If you want to have a business and take off and go to Bali like you are or like I'm going to go pack, pack, backpack, it's possible. It's possible. You can do it. Yeah. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you can do it. It really is, it really is possible. And I love that you're doing it because then gives people the yeah. permission to do that. So tell me what you do at your website and tell them the websites and just give an idea. Of yeah, what you absolutely. Guys, what you so do. my website is I am MelissaRuiz.com. Some of the stuff that um, mainly people come to me for is a mindset work. So really how to break old and limiting beliefs that again, come from past generation and sometimes are passed down to us and we don't even know why we have um, a bad relationship with our body or keep attracting somebody that is a negative in our life. So some of the things that I like to break and really work with people and on the business side, I'd love to help women. So really soul entrepreneurs, how to create money and scale their businesses. I find that a lot of spiritual women have a bad relationship with money. And when we talk about goddesses, right, I like to call in the goddess Lakshmi, right? This is the goddess of money, abundance, and a lot of spiritual people who I like to call soulpreneurs, soul entrepreneurs, um, really move from a space of passion. So they're potentially doing a lot of free stuff. I found that a lot of yoga teachers are still charging 10 or $20 or people who are doing free readings or Reiki healers. Like these are, this is my tribe. And what I, what I'm here to do is really show them how to scale their business using that masculine energy and using all of that wisdom that I had from TV where I was selling million dollar shows. Just because you're a sole entrepreneur, just because you're a woman, just because of whatever, you can still make money, be very purposeful, be very flowy with it, and still be in higher alignment with yourself. So that's mainly some of the stuff that I do on my website. Um, and I'm at TV Yogi. That's my handle. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Instagram. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and say so it again. you guys can find me at, at TV Yogi. That's T V Y O G I. And that's on Instagram. And I do lots of tips on a yoga, meditation, mindset, and soul entrepreneurship. Yeah. And the website is I am Melissa Ruiz.com. I love it. Love it. Well, congratulations on what you're creating, what you're up to and hopefully see in Bali. So, uh, all right. Any last words before I close Um, this up? Let's see what's coming through. I think the only thing I want to end this podcast with is just permission. I think oftentimes, and I think this has been the thread throughout the entire podcast, is allowing ourselves permission to just show up authentically just as we are, knowing that we're enough and that we don't need anybody else's permission besides ourselves. Mm, that's yummy. Nice. I love that. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for giving us all permission to show up and be the badass that we are, including yourself. And I really appreciate that. So you can check her out at I am Melissa Ruiz.com. That's R U I Z.com. And uh, my name is Heather Havenwood. You can check this podcast out at everywhere that you listen to podcasts as iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else. All right. This is Heather Havenwood. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? 
If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.